Welcome to New Dimensions with your host, Rev. Nicholas Barrett. Our identities are not labels identifying who we are to others. Rather, they are found in God's riches, His likeness and character. We can discover our true selves and live the way He has intended for us to live. Now, here is Rev. Nicholas Barrett. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening wherever you are in the world. And I say all those things because we're literally talking to a worldwide audience. So I don't want to say good morning to somebody when it might be 10 o'clock at night. We want to stay relevant just as we want to keep the show relevant. I hope you've all been doing great. I could have decided just to do something else and, and not be doing the show this morning, but I'm feeling we need to make a shift. I'm feeling the world is going through a preposis right now. But before we get into that, we're going live. You're on the Voice American Network. Welcome. If you haven't been here before, we go out live each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And this episode and any previous ones you can actually listen to on the iTunes app just by searching the name New Dimensions. But it's always great to be here. I never underestimate the importance of this. None of us have been here before, and that really equates the, the balance of everything. We've, none of us have been in this moment before and none of us have been here beyond this moment. So that's a level playing field. And it's a blessing that you've taken time out of your busy week to connect, even if you're in your car driving to work, wherever you are, or if you're accessing this later on iTunes. I believe there's a divine reason of the millions of things you could be doing that led us both to be sharing this, both for me to have the energy and love and will to do the show, but at the same time for you to select it out of the myriad of things that you could be selecting. You know, I'm believing we're at a preposis for the country, for the USA at the moment. Racism is at endemic levels. It's greed, self-focus. They're all out of control. Just last week, 6,000 bank employees were fired for a massive fraud at a bank they'd worked at. You know, teenage suicide and helplessness is spiraling to new levels. Anger anger and despair are running rampant. You only need to walk down a street to see the pain and sadness on people's faces. You know, we were not made to be this way. And the news media focuses, I know I'm not going to get into politics, on elections as being the solution. But really, the solution isn't in men. The solution really is getting back to our base tracks before we got into the conditioned mind. Because all our struggles really have got our, that have got our culture jacked up from the conditioned mind. We're not born. We're born in a spirit being, which is in love. And, you know, when you step aside from worldly living, you notice it even more. But while you do what culture does, it just maintains the perpetuality of being in the forest with no critical thinking. Many of us are just following the media and following really fear which is all based in that. And even the candidates, I'm not going to judge that. I allow that to God to judge it or for you to judge it, but unhealthy in in the approach. So we really need to, excuse me, we need to step up and not really focus on the problem as you have no vision and a problem and you see the world as a problem. So the solution really is is putting an end to all the self-loathing that's become manifest in our antisocial behavior. If I can love myself, I can then love another person. So we witness the issues going on in the world at present, and then we react. And because we're in a state of low consciousness, you know, that means removed from God consciousness, which you were born with, remember his spirit and, and likeness. We react. You know, we've the many reasons for this. We've seen a boom of 
families that have fathers that don't live up to the stewardship of caring and nurturing the children at a young age. And I'm being very succinct because this is not really part of this episode, but God has it in my heart to torture this way, if I may. What happens is we grow up without love in our formative years. You know, the ones that we need, if you look at um, livestock and you look at wildlife, they are nurtured specifically on God's plan. You see, they come from the nest. The parents teach them how to hunt if they're birds. I observed these birds by the ocean, these greater birds during the summer months. It was a a miracle. It was about a four or five month process. You saw them being fed by the parents. The big bill would go in and then they would learn how to hunt with the parents. But there was a nurturing system. And God really is brilliant with this plan. He set up this whole plan to function. And when this doesn't happen, what happens is we have a lot of people who weren't nurtured, who have gaping holes in their heart. I'm keeping this succinct. And because the heart is the estuary for our anger, our antisocial feelings, and extreme behaviors we're now seeing in culture, it could be racism. On top of this, you get societal conditioning through the human mind, through the media and the world system. And it only takes really enough people to be doing something, and then it becomes our new norm. So Culture is failing. We need to put God back into the equation. As he is love, and when we know we're loved, we can basically be more loving, functional adults. So really, we need to go counter-culture to solve a cultural problem. And we need to move forward so that in time that we can be people with a more healthy heart, a more healthy attitude towards other people. You know, I've kept this short because I have an entire topic to cover this week. This is just the introduction, but I will be preparing a lot more proactive solutions to what I think is the race problem. It's a much more complex issue that I can cover in an intro to the show. But the message is, yes, we've got major problems, but, you know, I view this as a major opportunity. You may be thinking to yourself, I came on to Nicholas's show this morning to get uplifted. Yes, We've got to talk about what's going on, not be in denial, but not be stuck in that. Use that as a tool. I mean, in our human propensity, our focus is to put the focus on problems. So we get reactive. It's a normal reaction because you're reacting to that problem. It's a limbic emotion. So we need to view the attrition as a key to the door of solutions, which can only be in being proactive. You know, things have only been the way they are for so long because of our participation. Now let's get into the title for this week. It's an exciting title. It actually stems back to what the intro was, why we hold back. You know, a lot of the things that you and I do today are based off events experienced in our previous life. In other words, in, in our past, all the days up to now. You know, we often pick and choose the things that we have done successfully before as these, this keeps us in a comfort, comfort zone. This is a place where things are comfortable and familiar, so we tend to stay there because we fear new actions may not work out for us, so we'd rather not chance it. We we want to play it safe. Thus, we don't step out of our box to make a change. This is why God set up the Red Sea to open. A lot of people ask, well, the walk from um, Exodus to Canaan, okay, it was a 240-mile walk, could have been done in 11 days. You know, it took 40 years. The reason why God opened the sea and then it closed on the on Pharaoh's army is because he knows in our propensity we have a habit to turn back. This can be even in unhealthy relationships. We could be one leg out of the door, then we decide to move out of the relationship, then for some reason we move back because we're scared of being alone, or we think about the good times, but we forget about all those red lights that have been there. It could be about 
moving out of a home. It could be about a job. So many things we're stuck. I mean, I, I speak in council people. I know people that have worked for 20 years in a job. They bondage themselves to that job because they're fearful that they'll either run out, they'll not be good enough, or they will fail. And that's really what keeps us from staying stuck. It can be fear of judgment, too, from other people, but it's fear of failure, fear of running out, or fear of just not being enough. So there are many reasons, as I say, we hold back. If we want a new job, we may go into the interview and have this mindset. They're never going to hire me. You know, I'm not good enough for this job. Perhaps this attitude stems from a parent that told you you can't do anything well. You're dumb. You're not good enough. I'm tired of you. I'm sick and tired I had you. You'll never amount to anything. This is all real. I hear it in parents sometimes. Just because we have something doesn't mean we're stewarding it right. It's like I can have a car, but I can go through stop signs and red lights when nobody's looking. But all of this stuff adds up. It's like a pressure cooker. Whatever we do in our life, even if it's small, the small actually are the most detrimental because we overlook the small and continue to do them. And this message is for somebody, and eventually that can wreck your entire life. Just like the text message in a car, all of a sudden you look up and there's a, a baby in a stroller with a mother and you've, you know, you've, you've basically killed them at 60 miles an hour. I mean, all these things happen. So what would happen listening to these things as you grow up? This would hamper the development of your self-esteem and cause us to have self-doubt as a way of a protection mechanism from being hurt or disappointed. So very often... Sometimes we avoid the things that could bring us greater success in life because our protection mechanism kicks in to prevent us from getting hurt, disappointed, or rejected. So many times we we don't even try things at all. And again, this is for somebody. We stay stuck because the protection mechanism comes in. I don't want to do it because we want to protect ourselves from getting judged, from failing, from running out, not being enough. It's a human thing. It actually comes from the egoic nature because if we're not connected to God, what happens is we start to live in fear, not in faith. We start to lose the idea or actually the, the truth that all things are possible through him. Greater is he in you who's in the world. And I am a conqueror. I am a victor. We start to be in the fear mechanism and we've taken on board the identity of a lot of our things that have happened in the past, chiefly things that have been said over us, things that haven't worked out. How do we really know that we can't do something unless we're judging it based off a past experience? It's like going into a movie. If you've never seen the movie, it's like saying how the plot will be and this is exactly what will happen. Many of us do that with our lives. We're actually the editor-in-chief of a movie we haven't yet seen. So today is a brand new day, but we're the editor-in-chief in that day because we're editing it off all of these things that come back in the past. And I know I'm helping people with this. We get into uncritical thinking. We go into this, what we call automated, paradigmed thinking, same kind of thoughts. The news media is the same pretty much all the time. It's about relying on someone who's building up a platform to lead a country, but it's only really building the platform up to serve himself, building self and not people. We look at the same news media talking about racism, talking about a lot of these issues, but it's not propensiating any solution. It's propensiating fear and actually division. It's divisory. So the only thing really we can judge accurately is the very moment we're living in. 
anything that really that we judge what may happen in the future, even if it's only a day from now, it's just really your supposition. It's a perspective. It's our own self-contained reality. You know, 10 people can be sitting in a room at the very same time and each of them have a totally different reality of what that day is. But it's conditioning. It's important to know, like, as I say, I've mentioned this in episodes before, God talks about Romans 12 too. Be in the world, but be renewed by your mind. So you must have had something to renew it. Like again, a magazine prescription or a lease on a car. If I'm renewing something, then I must have had it. So you have had it. It's become jacked up maybe through your childhood. Many people and the majority of us have been either verbally or physically abused when we've been growing up, or a parent hasn't been present, or a parent's had an addiction, or we've been in a divorced home. All of these things are going in that pressure cooker. We can't deny, we sometimes try and deny it, we medicate it, right? Pornography, alcohol, antidepressants. All of these things are band-aids because we can't face the very moment we're in. The pain is always in the present moment. The pain can't be in the future because you've never got there and the pain can't be in the past because you're no longer in the past. So the pain is in the present. I use all these band-aids, even anger on the roads. Somebody was set, I was at a red light turning right, the traffic was packed, there was nowhere for me to go. This huge SUV put the, their full beams on, they started honking my, the horn, boom, boom. And I put my arms up. I said, I've got nowhere to go. All of this anger is coming out based upon all of this stuff that's happened in the past. It's built up. It's undealt with. So it becomes manifest in all of these things. And really, the tragedy is not that we all die. The one guarantee, I can't guarantee everybody's going to heaven because we really don't know who's going. But the, the, the better we live or the better choices we make obviously increases the chances. But the guarantee is we're all dying. But it takes many of us so long to truly start to live, to truly start to live. And this is where my heart really goes out for people. We've got to break off of this paradigm thinking, break off the things that have been said to us, break off of the molds, break off of the abuse of an alcoholic mother or a father, either who's, even who's sexually abused you. All of these things, yes, they were chapters, but they weren't your life. Your identity is not in those. Your identity is in God. We're all born in the same spirit and likeness. We all return back from dust to dust, from ashes to ashes. So, we come really from a seed that is nothing. I mean, it, it's absolutely nothing. It's two seeds joining together, boom. And it's obviously millions and millions of, of things that come together. But then we go to nothing. We, we basically disintegrate to nothing. So we're, we're not identified in the abuse, in the failed marriage, in the bankruptcy, in the depression. But we put ourselves, we condition ourselves through, we condition ourselves through having an uncritical thought pattern. And unless we really step up out of the forest, I was feeling this really for people a lot. I'm working with a very well-known human rights person. It's actually social rights person. And they're probably going to be doing some work. We're probably going to be doing some work together. But I will not mention names until it happens because really to try and help people. Racism and unity is a big thing with me because I grew up in London. I've mentioned this before. The color of anything is unified by our blood. We're all one blood and we are all equal to God. He takes no partiality. I discussed this in a previous episode. But unfortunately, due to 
and I, I, I'm veering to go back into this and I won't, because of societal stuff, we've become a default mode of separated people. So we're digitally connected, right? Digitally connected through media, Facebook and Skype, and we can do all of these miraculous things, but societally disconnected and alienated, and that's causing a lot of our problems. So we really, when we put our minds on a leash, this is talking about it takes so long for us to start. If we kind of put our minds on a leash and we stop ourselves from being open to new opportunities that come our way. You know, worry is very much like interest paid on something that may not happen tomorrow. Think of the many times, friend, the many years you've put into worrying. If you could add those minutes up, it probably comes to years of your life. And what really you were worrying about didn't even happen. Really think about that. You are victorious in all of them, and that's why you're alive listening to me today. You won't be listening to this podcast if you hadn't overcome all the things that have come your way. You would be not here. You would have gone. It would have taken you out. Either you would have taken yourself out, or the circumstance or life would have taken you out. But it's very simple. You are here. You've been victorious and we need to build up an arsenal and really put a light in our mind and challenge those thoughts not to edit tomorrow to be open to the potentiality which is always now you know another way we hold ourselves back is by saying and i hear this a lot well i'm getting older i can't really be in shape anymore i can't really be good anymore so what this really means is it's an excuse to binge eat and eat wrong foods or you know, I've been in this abusive marriage so long. It is what it is. So the person continues to get abused, whether it's alcohol, whether it's verbal abuse, all of these things nobody should put up with. Even if it's verbal is the most hurtful because I've always said if somebody hits you, the bruise recovers. But verbal stings the heart. It's like a bank account that goes in there. It's, it, it, it does lasting damage. It's like breaking a crystal plate and then gluing it back together all the time. Those scratches, you know, the, the things are still there. The gashes and the cuts, they're just being stuck back together. But we do that so much with our heart that it gets broken so many times and we stick it back together. So a way of doing this, I'm getting old or I can't do it. It's a way of affirming that we'll be not good at certain things, which develops a habit of avoiding things. It's again, it's letting yourself off to mediocrity that Things that we might still be able to do well, but we'll never know about because we simply do not give them a try. This mechanism is built up. There are some things certainly that we'll be not as good at when we age. Yet many people still run marathons. You know, I run them occasionally. And I've had people in their 80s just blowing right by me. I asked this gentleman, how old are you? He said, well, I'm 79 years old. I said, boy, oh boy. <laughs> and I'm 30-something. This was a few years ago. And <laughs> so... And, but I get other people who are not even 70 say to me, well, you know, I'm getting old. It's all about perception and mindset. But at the same time, it's about developing an awareness to your thinking, to be critical. Remember, the world as we see it, it's not really the way it is. Well, how would it be if we, if we could be provoked to see it differently? If my mind didn't have a past, how would my today be? Think about that. That's really, really powerful. And I'd like you to write that down maybe and, and just think about it. If my mind didn't have a past, how would my today be? This can be created. 
But we first need to know how we're thinking and why we're thinking the way we're doing. And the journey we're going on today is very much building up around that. It's building up around really putting a light in you to help you to have a full life. All of these things I've been through myself. People may ask me, no, nothing came easy. You know, I've been through, through so many trials, even addictive behaviors, trials and tragedies and all of this stuff. But I wanted really, when dad died in 2008, that was the first really huge tragedy. You know, I it dawned on me, lit up. This is why God doesn't make these things happen. He sometimes permits things to happen to actually mold us into his likeness. And all that really means is I am not limited. I am with an eternal mindset. I am here for a time, but if God's got me and I'm in spirit, then uh, we ascend just like his son did, Jesus did to the right hand. In other words, I am leaving, leaving you with the spirit, and through him you can do even greater things. So he wants the best for our lives. The problem is in our pride and our controlling, we think we're losing with him. Yes, we may be losing racism. We may be losing abuse and maybe losing a foul mouth and anger, but don't we want to lose those anyway? And, you know, hurt people basically hurt people. It's that simple. If all of this stuff wasn't going on, it would show that as a society, as a world, we're emotionally healthier, that our hearts are healthy. The reason why so many people are contaminated from the living, from the process of paradigming and conditioning, that they've become that way. They've become that way uncritically, because it's, as I say, it's become a default mode, a neuroscientific, a way of operating. But that doesn't stop people like me from speaking. I'm not gonna say preaching. It's not preaching. It's trying to give you a better way. Every morning we wake up, let's say, view it like a freeway, the 10 freeway or the 5 freeway. This way will take me to the way that I've been doing uncritically thinking in the conditioned form. The other way will take me onto the limitless form. But it takes a while. It's not like switching from AM to FM on a radio channel. It takes just the, the same way it took us to get this way, like we are maybe today, the same way as a process it'll take you to get back to renewing. So it's about really challenging the mind. It's about listening to positivity because there's two ways we can change by seeing or hearing or so seeing is reading information and hearing is hearing information. So what we've seen before has become our perception and what we've read, we've done it in a skewed way without realizing because very simply when we're younger, we don't have the ability to light a fire in the forest. We're stuck. In other words, shine a light in the forest. We're stuck in the forest. But I really want to think about you to think about that for a while. If you remove the mind chatter from today, really, it's just now. It's just the present. It's a continuous line of eternity. You know, all days are create created equally by the same God, and therefore all days are great. About 156,000 people are being born, and over 250,000. Yeah, 250, actually, it's about 156,000. I got this the wrong way. 156,000 are dying, and about 250,000 are being born worldwide every day. So it is an amazing day. As we know, wildlife is changing form because it's coming into this time of year. In some parts of the world, it's fall. So birds are changing their habits. I mean, this whole structure is just really mind-boggling. As I say, we can have knowledge in one area 
and not know much because there'll be, you know, 10,000 birds to get your head around and all of these things. But it's moving and it's really God is functional. We're not. So but we need to work work at not using that as an excuse. We need to become a better version of ourselves. And I believe that's really a better version of ourselves to make the world a better place. That really should be the main goal, not to make more money or to buy more things or to have more sex or do more of this stuff, but to basically, if I become a better person, I can make the world a better person. And if people do that, if it starts to happen, and I believe we've been uncritical for so long. The past few decades has been all about storing and building of self. And that's what the media tells us. We, we can become stronger and better, but it makes us isolated and mean because we can't get the things that we're craving. But when we change perspective, really the world can improve. You know, a lot of people say, you know, it's a great day. It's Friday. What they're really saying is that it's a great day because they do not have to work the following day. And psychology, what this really means is that their life was put on hold until this day comes. And it's, it's very painful to hear people say that. Plenty of us live our entire lives with a form of destination sickness, where we focus on getting to some particular date on the calendar. What really transpires and ends up is happening is that all the days in between now and then end up becoming a forgotten blur as the focus only rests on one place. It's the days in between, really, that make up the bulk of our life here on Earth. The days in between the Fridays, the days in between the party, the days in between the vacation, the days in between the wedding, the days in between the divorce, the days in between a child being born, the day in between I can afford to have a house. Why squander the blessings that are revealed in your everyday journey just because your focus is on a destination or tomorrow? The blessing is the journey of life, not just the little stops in between. So we really have to focus on really getting into that. And that's a powerful, you may want to read and listen to that. That is really powerful for helping us really realize. And I, I, I speak to thousands of people and I see a lot of people. And being, as I say, into the mind, having knowledge of the mind, I observe and I listen and I hear. And I hear this angst all the time. If you're only living for the weekend, you're basically living eight days a month, 96 days a year. And the other, you know, 254 days are a, a struggle. And that's how it is for many people. We just have a recondition. You know, push pause back for a second and think back to when you were a child sitting beside a swimming pool, afraid the water was too deep. That was fear was based in what you could not clearly see. But that's not unlike many of our fears that we have today. The fact that you can't see the outcome is holding you back. This is talking about your everyday. It's easy to stay in this place, not really going anywhere. So we're in a self-imposed mind jail. So we're going to take a break now and we're going to talk more about giants in our life, more about things that really are big to us. Each of us have certain things that we fear, certain things that we re- that keep coming up, things that come up that we fear the most. Those are the things uniquely that are holding you back as an individual. So we're going to talk more about that. We're going to talk more about the paradigm mindset, fear of faith, and also about action steps, how to make each day significant because that's really it. our actions are all significant that we go through just the conveyor belt of living but we're going to take a break have a great break and i'll speak to you in the next segment thank you
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own Mighty Gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you happy in your life or are you just settling? It's time to speak out, take control of your existence, and let your life speak. Bart Queen is the host of A Hero's Journey. His personal goal is to help you find your voice, use that voice, and live the life that you deserve to live. Do more, be more, and give more. Tune in to A Hero's Journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to New Dimensions. To reach Reverend Nicholas or his guests today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to nbarrett28 at yahoo.com. Now, back to New Dimensions. Hello, welcome back. Welcome back to the second segment. I really want to say how much I appreciate you. You make this all possible. Whether I'm speaking to one person or thousands, and I know thousands listen to the show on iTunes worldwide, and we get a large audience here, just want to thank you very much. I'm trying to just create a light in a world I see that's going just in a pattern. People want changes, but they don't realize that they need to be the change they need to see. We need to change in us so what's out of us begins to change. And if we all start to do that, the world will be a better place. And if we have the focus on making ourselves better, we can then be healthier to be effective, not efficient. Efficient can be going around in a circle. Effective means getting something done. But it's an exciting time. I've got some very well-known guests coming in the next few weeks, and it's going to be a blessing, blessing to me, blessing to you. And the show is really growing. We are going somewhere. I'm focused on New York, on a lot of the racism issues going on there focusing really on those things, but also the mindset of our world where it's an uncertain place because we unfortunately invested all of our faith in fear. And really it is faith. Fear fear is faith, but faith in the wrong thing. We need to just go back because so we've just been living godless for a long time. And I'm not religious. I'm evangelical. It's basically love is basically giving people a full life. Not judging them for what they've been, but seeing them for the greatness they can become. And that's the key to getting your head around. It's not, hey, we've all been something. We've all been something that wasn't great, including myself, but we can become so much more. We can become. It's like an unprocessed piece of gold. Yes, it's a blob of gold, but it can become a a, a work of art. It can become a, a piece of treasure. 
But I have a book that came out with an affiliate of Random House. It came out in New York last week. It's called Get Out of Mind Jail. It covers things I don't have the time for. These shows are an hour long, but they fly by. We're scaling a mountain, K2. I'm going somewhere with all these shows. And I sometimes just get so involved with helping you that I run out of time to even finish all of the stuff. But we, the book is great. For the price of a Starbucks sandwich and coffee, you can, I believe, not change your life, but put yourself onto a path that can be predicating steps towards changing. Anybody that says they can change your life well, God can, but they're building a brand for themselves. You can only change your life as a process. And it's um, important that you really, I'm giving you wise counsel. It's a process that's going to predicate steps to a change. Just like we are where we are now, it's come from steps. Nothing is automatic. Only God can do the miraculous. We can merely do the do what we can, and then he brings everything else in. But you can get it on Amazon Kindle, Barnes and Noble. There's hardbacks, or just on Amazon. Get out of mind. I really recommend it for the cost of a coffee and a sandwich. So we're talking about how we avoid a lot of the things we do because of fear. And I even mentioned on the last segment we're, we're living for uh, we're living really for a destination to be happy, but we don't realize that in between is where it's at. Just like I ex- described to you, when a child's in a swimming pool, his fear is that he couldn't see the middle, but we have to have the confidence in the unseen. You know, the greatest thing in life is being confident of of the unseen because everything is unseen from this moment forward. So if all the anxiety is in this moment forward, isn't it better going in this moment forward with a faith approach than a fear approach? You know, think about that for a second. You know, thoughts are very strong. Thoughts of an unknown outcome or fear of another person's reaction can be one of the things that really holds us back, not the opportunities or people themselves. It will always be a reaction in us that's holding us back, not the opportunity and not the other person. They're incapable of doing that. We actually hold ourselves back. So we need to shift and raise our consciousness and see our thoughts as just thoughts and not not foregone conclusions. We can unravel the things that we're holding us back just by not putting our identity in those thoughts. When we get a thought that's negative, we move back and slow the mind down so we're not running with that thought. And I described in one of the other episodes how I do that with nature. I go outside, I see the sky, I see the birds and the wings and the sheen on them and how perfect they are. Or just breathe very slowly and deeply for about 30 seconds. You can feel everything slowing down. You're becoming more conscious, more present become much clearer than when we're going on a conveyor belt of thinking, when we can slow the mind down, look at textures, look at the cell phone, look at the computer, the table, the chair, all of these things. Yes, they're meditative, but it brings you down. So you're not running around unconscious, but you can become more conscious. Then you can hear God, you can hear yourself more, but also gives you the presence that you're in something way greater than yourself. And a lot of this fear is self develop because we're in the self. We think we're doing this in self, but really we're part of the universe collectively, collectively with all of these wonderful things. So we can then, what happens with me is when I slow the mind down, I can step out of my mind editing and mind chatter. You know, pastors and speakers, whatever we are, we still have these things, but because I'm teaching these things, 
I'm aware I do these techniques myself. And for many years, I was spinning around in that head all day long, like the dryer, putting it in the clothes in the dryer. Boom, 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 boom. You know, the head's just in there all the time. You know, when we slow the mind down, we can get out of our identity and editing in the mind chatter. We can then bridge the gap between our defeatist thoughts and the great opportunities that are in front of us. Because, you know, remember, 90% of thoughts repeated, 85% negative unless they're conquered. You can be a vector and not a victim to your thoughts. You know, fears can creep in from time to time, but that doesn't mean we need to live by them and by what they're telling us. We can instead transform and renew our minds. It's not easy, you know, and it's not fast. It will be uncomfortable. It will take effort as we can only overcome fears slowly with much practice and patience. As with any change... It is, it's best to make progress that's consistent rather than erratic, as only the former makes changes. It's like somebody going to a gym. <clears throat> All of a sudden, they go from eating, let's say, sandwiches and cakes and muffins and scones, and, and they start eating maybe one vegetable drink a day. Yes, it's erratic. You make progress, but it's not lasting changes. It's not all going to church. For example, and then going to a strip club 10 minutes later. All of these things, it takes time to get a habit, but it takes time and patience to nurture the results. The mind is, is, you know, it's easier to stay the way you are short term, but it's long term pain. Why mess one time around? We only go one time around. Why settle for simple? And simple really means I'm scared and I'm settling for mediocrity. It, may, it means I can be paying thousands of dollars for a website and five years later it's not up. It can mean I'm never doing the play and have amazing talent. I'm speaking for somebody on this. I have so much talent to create, but I've really limited myself to doing the simple simple. That is something that's it, it really it hurts me because I know how much God has given all of you how much God has given all of you to, to move forward. We need to allow ourselves to experience uncomfortable moments as this will help you identify the things that are holding you back. Remember that in order to change, we must do something different that causes us to get out of the comfort zone. But with repetition, uncomfortable starts to feel comfortable. Just as you started to walk, you were a toddler, you were falling, your father or mother were helping you. You felt uncomfortable, it felt ungainly, maybe you were even scared of staircases and things. Eventually, it became our new comfort zone. What you're doing now, today, whether it's right or wrong, and I'm not it's your comfort zone. That's why you're doing it. If it was uncomfortable, if you were sitting on a chair with a nail in it, you'd soon get up off it. So whatever. Whatever you're doing, you become comfortable. We can do it. So a temporary inconvenience is required to make a change. You know, you don't want to miss out on life. Think about what Jesus had to do. Resurrection from three days of excruciate, which is excruciating pain. And the reason why this was done is he was God came in the flesh form to identify with our struggle. Because if it was le- he was left just in a spirit form, not in the flesh form, there would be no identity. So we have to identify in uncomfortable to get really to the blessings in life. Many of us want the blessing, but we don't want the work and we don't want the uncomfort. It doesn't work that way. There has to be a season of planting in order to, to reap. Just like me with the show, I financed really a ministry for four years made hardly any salary at all because I've been writing and working with the book and the show and all of these things to position myself to do what will transpire 
in the next few months. But it, it's it's taken to be uncomfortable because getting forward requires unreasonable faith because once your cognizance comes into it, once your mind starts coming into it, it's going to be the fear mind. Oh, I'm running out of money. I can't do it. And that's why God tells us my ways are higher. My thoughts are higher. Doesn't really ask us to think. He asks us to use the faith. And every single miracle Jesus did, there were about 36, 37 miracles. And they were all done in faith. Faith is the, it's really is the greatest asset you can have. And when you build your faith, game's over for all the negative mind thinking. Game's over for the enemy in your life. So it's easier to stay on one side of the street than it is to cross the street. But crossing the street really takes your effort. Imagine if we never exerted effort in the context of our lives, we'd be standing still living with only a fraction of our purpose. If we do not raise our awareness, we can spend all our time walking faster and faster in a circle with the assumption we're making progress. But it's better to walk in a straight line rather than a faster circle. If we let fear stand between us and our dreams, whether subconsciously or knowingly, we can eventually abandon them altogether. And many of us do. We give up finding the wife. We give up doing the play. We give up doing the business. We give up getting another job. We give up going back to college because the fear has just blocked all this. And Matthew 14, 29, um, come, he says to me, Peter got down out of the boat and walked on water and came towards Jesus. That's Matthew. Faith in God makes the supernatural things possible. The secret of success is to obey his voice and keep your eyes upon him. So remember the verse before that, before getting out of the boat, saw the power of God being manifest through Jesus. It was when he had in verse 14 of Matthew, five loaves of bread and two fish. And what happened is really... They multiplied and fed the 5,000 people. So the disciples, Peter, he believed in, basically they believed that God could feed the people. As we gather from the words, we, we only have. The disciples didn't really believe him because we only have five loaves. And Peter then started sinking. Going back to why I talked about Peter in the boat, he basically started sinking because he took his eyes off God. And what what this will help get get us out of the learned past of living is to realize that we've chosen the way of life we've chosen to begin to live. We can live afresh as quickly as today. So it's about keeping your eyes on faith. That's the whole thing. He never walked on water, but the parable is keeping your eyes fixed on faith. In other words, if my mind is invested in faith and I haven't chose fear for my faith, I can get through the problem. I can get through the marriage. I can get through the addiction. I can get through the financial problems. I can get through the legal problems because my eyes are focused on faith and faith is stronger than fear. Faith is stronger than circumstances. So we can start living fresh as quickly as today with a perspective change. We can transform our thoughts by changing perspective and turning fears into the drive and energy we need to achieve results. Instead of skip being fearful, you can put that energy, because fear is energy. Fear can deplete you, it can put you on Prozac, give you sleepless nights. I know I'm relating to some people, thousands that will be listening to this on iTunes over the coming weeks. But it's something that really can take so much energy, so much energy. So you can make a decision, really, right now, I'm going to live in fear, in, in faith instead of fear. It's about moving the perspective away from the difficulty of doing something to what needs to be done to achieve the goal that you want. We can change focus from what's difficult to what's possible. This builds confidence and leads us to taking action steps instead of more reasons why we should stay and not do something. 
Fear can be replaced with courage. Your faith will soar to new levels and the life you suddenly will unravel as a series of possibilities. Possibility is what we put our focus on as whatever we focus on expands. It becomes more. Negative thoughts become more. Positive thoughts become more. Just like putting drops of water into a bucket, eventually it's going to overflow. It's going to become more. Fear will only bring you more of that. They're self-perpetuating all of these things. So thoughts can create actions and actions really can create our life. And then you start to do all things that will shift your life to a new dimension for you. Going to focus now on, we've talked a lot about how we develop things and how we avoid things, but how to make action significant. As with most things that are significant, writing them down on a vision board or a sheet of paper can help clarify them to you or even bring them to your conscience, things that you're not aware of. Sometimes we try, when we start to be intentional and we start to answer you know, answerable to ourselves, we bring things out that we didn't think were even there. So write down what your fears might be associated to something and then include an action plan on how to overcome it. Identify what the outcome may be with if each fear is overturned. Similarly, focus on what the benefits are of overcoming each fear with the knowledge that the benefits outweigh the risks of maintaining the fear. With time, fears will become less significant to you as you can learn how to easily move past them then a new world of endless possibility will open up for you. I will again repeat, remember, fear is a choice. And we could just as easily make a choice not to allow our fear to deny us the life we want. Don't wait for circumstances to change before you do something, and this will never happen. There'll always be something. Life is circumstances. The right time is always now, and the change can always be made from within. We only have this one life, so why hold it back? Why not give it all your life. Give it all of yourself. Why not be the change to your circumstance? And again, that is for somebody. We all have things that are bigger than us in our lives. And I'm talking about giants, defeating giants in your life. And this is really a, a, a main focus on what holds us back a lot of the times. Do you ever feel like you're walking up a mountain, a slippery slope that at times appears to have no end? Do you feel like it's one of one thing after another in life, a constant battle? It can very often be the same things that keep coming up. It can be sin. It can be anger. It can be depression. It can be fear. All of these things. This is because until we really face, face them face to face, they are a cyclical pattern that continues to rear its ugly head with a vengeance. It's never going to go away. You know, we're all humans and we can all relate to this. We all from time to time come up against the same challenges of temptation, weariness, frustration, anger, depression, cynicism, apathy, and insecurities. In whatever area we struggle, I'm sure I've hit one of those. We find ourselves wandering in the wilderness, looking for answers with no apparent solution. Whatever we do or wherever we go, we feel like David and Goliath staring us down. What are we doing in our quest to overcome this giant? Are we burning our own muscles and relying on our own strength or relying on the one that has overcome the world? It's important to know who we enter our battle with, you know, our own might, which is emotional, reactive, and has a propensity to magnify a situation or circumstance, or God who can administer calm, insight, and resolution to your battle. So who you enter your battle with. You know, we all know the story of Pharaoh's army. They were a mighty army, but within one miraculous moment, plunged to death in the Red Sea. That's when the sea opened and they went to the Promised Land. The fact is that we all have a choice who we go to our battles with, who we face our giant with. 
You know, Goliath was David's giant and also Israel's to overcome. Even though the spirit of God had departed from Saul at this time, he was still leading the army of the Israelites in battle against the Philistines. Saul and his men would wake up day after day facing their giant. This was the problem. They looked at their problem, not at the solution. The Philistine army, which was against uh, the Israelites, sent out Goliath to distract Saul and his army. The ploy worked as it kept Saul and his army confused and disheartened. It kept them stuck. So the Philistines chose Goliath while the Israelites chose to hide and run. They chose fear, not faith. Into the scene walks a little shepherd boy, and I'm keeping this succinct for the show. Shepherd boy. David was just a shepherd boy. He was all by himself with nothing more than a packed lunch that he picked up for himself and his three elder brothers. You know, he arrives at the camp. He can hear Goliath's voice ridiculing the Israelites and their God. He could understand why men gathered as an army would just bow down to one man. So David asks Saul, is there not a cause? So David was used by God to conquer Goliath. This was no normal man as Goliath stood nine feet nine and wore armor. He was aware of the challenge, but instead put his focus on the solution. He could easily have remained fearful, focused on the giant with the scary armored appearance. We can be thinking about the court case. We can be thinking about the business or thinking about the the relative we have to face with some information or the news about maybe doctor's reports. You know, it worked in scaring the Israelite army. It put them off their tracks. So there is some, I'm not going to do more on this, but what really it is, it's where you put your focus. David was aware of the challenge he was facing, but he also could not lean on his own understanding or for that matter, his abilities. Nevertheless, he was determined to confront and stood up in front of him. He defeated the giant because he had the right heart and conviction. Sometimes when we have cancer, sometimes when we have a divorce, sometimes when we have a bereavement, sometimes when we're going through a real challenging thing, something we've lost or some real abuse, we can't face that ourselves because it becomes emotional. We get stuck in it. We have to have a vision greater than the obstacle, greater than the circumstance that it is going to go. We are going to be able to go through it. When my mother died in my arms, tragically, after a crash, by myself, I wouldn't be here. But I said, God, take this cup from me, just like Jesus. God, Ishmael, take this cup from me. Sometimes we have to just offload all this stuff just to become stronger. So that really is the parable there. He kept his eyes on God, who is way bigger than any circumstance or giant he could face. So that's really what you have to do. It really, what giant are you facing today? It could be a failed marriage, something you've done in your past that's left you with guilt and you don't seem to be able to shake it. It could be abuse that's left you feeling ashamed and hurt. It could be financial problems, angry words said over you by another person, an addictive behavior. It could be desperate loneliness. I mean, I speak to people that are just desperately lonely. It could be a health issue. I counsel people with those. It could be depression. I counsel people with those. Cynicism. Yes, I have friends with those. I think with this list, I've hit all of us in our human nature. Whichever area you can relate to, or if not, if not confronted, if confronted head on, can become a giant in your life. We face these things head on. It remains without being overcome, usually, and it can keep us stuck for many years and maybe the rest of our lives. So when we look at the giant, Goliath, in front of us, our vision becomes obscured as we see the obstacle more than the solution. I'm really trying to hammer this point if we allow the giant to be bigger then we can use what we overcome it how can we defeat it so we need to change perspective 
so we can change the way we see our problems and our challenges. God allows them to make you stronger and to prepare you for defeat, the bigger things yet to come. So the things that are coming ahead of us are going to be bigger. So we really need to, I would say the best thing to do, we're going to do some takeouts now to encourage you is to write down your giant that you need to confront in your life. And as you write it down, you begin to see them in a different light. You'll not only realize that you must get past it, you'll also recognize the fact that they can be defeated. And you can be a victor, not stuck in a circumstance, but stuck in a potential. So every triumph in life is a result of a challenge, whether it's a sporting event, whether it's um, an operation we've recovered from. Anything that we've prevailed has had it's a triumph. It's, it's a result of a challenge. Even birth, childbirth, sometimes it can be two or three days in hospital and the crew really struggle to get the baby out. So really from the moment we're born, very often we're struggling. So every miracle did not begin without a problem being there first. Jesus fed 5,000 people. Why? Because they were hungry. He healed him. A man who had not walked for 38 years. Why? Because he was lame. He gave sight to the blind. Why? Because they could not see. So if we ever learn how to defeat our giant, we must first learn to properly evaluate the situation. I can personally tell you in my life, out of the greatest afflictions in my life, I've gained the greatest enlightenment, the greatest wisdom, and also the greatest appreciation of things. I see things a different way. You know, overcoming addictive behaviors, my father's funeral wake on my mother's birthday in 2008, my mother dying in my, in my arms in hospital after a tragic accident, right after I'd landed in London. When I preached at her life celebration, which was actually the day before Mother's Day, I used all of these giants to gain strength, wisdom, and gratitude, so I became a victor, not a victim. There is glory in all of your stories, so I give God all the glory. Without him, really, I, I would not be here today. So it's not in a prideful nature. We just have to let pride go. I'm going to give you some takeouts that we can. We've covered a lot of information, but I hope I've really helped you. We've talked about how we avoid things because of our past. We've talked about really the giant is very often what's holding us back. And David and Goliath is a great thing. Whether you're a believer or not, it's really just realizing you need faith to get through it. And I, I really call upon you. You need faith to get through it. Fear will keep you the same way, stuck. So take out, evaluate the things that you're doing today. Write down everything you're doing today. Become aware. Also, make a list of the things that you're not doing today. That way you can become aware of the things maybe that you're keeping away from. You know, it's in developing an awareness of these things that will give you the ability to go ahead with the things that you keep finding excuses to put off. Next one, fear of letting go. This could be a bereavement that you're having problems accepting, a relationship or marriage that ended. Write that down. Use the past for you and don't let it hold you back to seize what's in front of you. And that was for somebody. Fear of change. We often don't want change because we think we'll be losing something, that it won't work out, it will be uncomfortable or we'll not have enough. You must remember without change, you'll always be getting exactly the same results as you've been having. All of us want change, but it's only in embracing that we first need to change ourselves that the things can change around us and make a shift. You know, change is positioning for a greater purpose, as what will be uncomfortable will be a new dimension for your life. Fear of dying. Tragedy is not that we die. As I say, it takes so long to live. Death is inevitable, but don't waste your life thinking about it. Waiting for the right time. You can't wait for the perfect time as it'll never come. If we think about it, this moment feels like if it feels like the wrong time, today's all you have. It will always be the wrong time. 
There is never going to be a better time than right now to do it. So keep a don't live off yesterday's failures. Just get rid of those failures. Being stuck on what went wrong yesterday is your greatest barrier to a tomorrow. Do not let what went wrong rob you of your great future. So I hope we've really covered some ground on this. It's been a long topic, but we've covered a lot of things. I hope that will give you inspiration, inspiration to go on to greater things. I want to thank, obviously, God for giving you the ability and the desire to do it. But really, I, I pray from the bottom of my heart that you listen to some of these things again. I think I've related to a lot of people and just really try and get into a different perspective. I can't change what was behind me but my thoughts can unlock the door to what is ahead of me. The only thing that'll ever change is the way you see something, and that will only come from within you, which is your thoughts, and then will impact your heart. But it's been a blessing speaking to you. Um, Go out and get that book. You'll not be disappointed. Love you lots. God loves you more, and I will talk to you in the next episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of New Dimensions. Please join Reverend Nicholas Barrett again next Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a blessed week.